Welcome everyone to this beautiful, blessful Sunday to Talk to Talk with Anita Lante, today from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. God is good. It came to bless me. My family's blessed. On another day above crown, it's always a blessing. And for swiping over to my world and listening to my voice on this Sunday, thank you. She, me, her. appreciate you. Um, there are a few things that I want to talk about. Normally, I start off with a thank you, Jesus type of situation. Um, give thumbs up today, verse uh, up today, that type of thing. Um, so, I have um, a lot going on mentally for me right now. Um, first of all, I wanted to talk about, I didn't want to go back into situations talking about Kavanaugh and whether he did it or didn't do it, if I believe he did it, or if I didn't believe him, if I believe the accusers and didn't believe the accusers, that's not why I'm out here. If you listened to my podcast yesterday or the day before, you know where my stance is with this situation. I stand with the accusers, point blank in the period. The problem I have now is I listened, I watched, read an article where Kellyanne Conway, um, White House counselor, um, said publicly this morning that she was a victim of sexual assault. And I just find it just so randomly convenient that you are a victim, but these women should blame the perpetrator and not these Republicans. They're not blaming him. They're shining the light on how these men have excused, downplayed, and ignored women that have spoken up about what someone that's being nominated in one of the highest positions, besides a president position, may have done. And just like you and plenty of other Republicans don't believe these accusers, I don't believe you. And I would love it and appreciate if you take several seats and shut the hell up about it. Because I don't care at this point what you've been through or what you say you've been through. Because your words, whether they're truthful or not, are not honest for me. I don't believe you. I don't trust you. I don't think that you're honest. And you have a history of excusing bad behavior from someone like Trump. So if you were sexually assaulted, I pray for your spirit, for your soul, and I'm glad to see that you have pushed on and you have been living the best life possible through the circumstances that you've had to face with. But I don't feel sorry for you because I just feel like this is just a tactic and just a ploy to bring people over to your side and say, yeah, they've been a victim, but they shouldn't blame Kavanaugh. They may have, something may have happened, but it wasn't Kavanaugh. To excuse it and to win the favorites of Kavanaugh. I don't buy it. I think it's convenient. And I, I, I don't care. You know, I'm a survivor too. And even being a survivor in the beginning of all of this, I've never once said he did it or he didn't do it. When I talked about it, I'll say this if he did do it. And if he didn't do it, I'll say this. But after I listened to that testimony of Lindsey Graham and Kavanaugh and the anger, the disdain, the disgust, 
how angry they were. I don't, I don't believe them. I don't believe that nothing happened. I don't believe them. Y'all just told millions and millions of women across this country, forget y'all. The hell with y'all. Shut up. Continue to be quiet. Live silent. Don't speak up. We don't care. Shut up. That's what you just did. And y'all just made it where any man that commit a crime is right. They're innocent. Even if you know your horse, they're not. And what's so sad about it, y'all have wives and y'all have children, granddaughters and daughters and sisters and mothers. And y'all justify that. That's okay because I have a husband, I have a wife and my wife knows that I love her. I can't. I can't for the life of me understand why all of a sudden now let me speak up I was a victim and I survived and and I did this now there are some things that being said that the third accuser has history of some legal disputes that she had been involved in a six uh, at least six legal cases over the past 25 years I don't know if that's true or not so I'm going to leave that alone and I'm not going to go into any he said, she said or any of that. The fact that someone like Trump backed him lets me know everything that I need to know. This isn't about the American people. This is about the Republican people. This isn't about this country. This isn't about the American citizens. This is about the Republican and the Senate people. This is what this is about. It has nothing to do with equality. It doesn't have anything to do with freedom. It doesn't have anything to do with right and wrong. It has nothing to do with being accountable for your actions. It has nothing to do with that. It just has to do with white privilege of male egos. That's what it has to do with. And so for that, I have nothing to say about any of that about him about her I just think if they vote him in they're looking at a nightmare they're looking at a long twist in the wind of what's going to happen if he is allowed to preside on the Supreme Court bench. That's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. That's how I feel about it, and I'm not changing. I have a daughter. And it, and it hurts me to think of what could happen and that I will not be able to protect her. And when it's time to speak up, she will be ignored and she may not be able to bounce back and function from that because not all women function and bounce back and survive things like this. Not all women are able to. So people need to be mindful of the people they co-sign. 
and the lies they continue to brew and try to believe. And they manipulate themselves to believe the lies that people speak when you know better. God not sleep. I'm going to move on to a video that I saw with a bus driver that was beating a student with special needs. The bus driver assaulted this student with a special needs in, in New Jersey. Now, it can be argued that the student was fighting back or whatever, but you can see the bus driver flip the child over and proceeded to punch and punch and punch and punch him. I'm appalled. I'm disgusted by it. And this is the bus driver of the school for the bus that he was driving. Um, I'm, I'm very disgusted by it. I'm disturbed because I don't understand for the life of me how any child or any person with a disability can have a, or special needs can have a person so angry to the point where you will fight this person. The bus driver looks like he at least 200 something pounds, maybe 230, 250. And the student looked like he bought, I'll give him 130. If that. Real scrawny little kid. It's disgusting. This is a child. This is a person with limited capability mentally and you do this to them? And I don't care what, cra- what, what race you are, and he is black. I don't care what race you are. You should be charged, and you should be given time. Period. You should be punished. Period. No excuse. And that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) And I hope this family get justice. And I hope they make him pay. Um, so 
this is the day that for me I usually unwind, relax, do everything I need to do early so that at the end of the day I can get myself together and get relaxed and prepare myself mental for what's going to be with the week going into work. So it's been a little transition in how I do things because I'm not working, but I still do things the same way, which is crazy. I still like to do everything I need to do early, unless I'm not feeling my best. And that way I can relax the rest of the evening and prepare myself for the week ahead and what's going to be what. Um, so it's kind of hard to break old habits. So for me, I'm not going to break old habits. It's just what it's going to be because that works for me. Um, but I ran, I was on the Root website and I ran across this article that was posted on the 29th that was saying about this black nanny that was fired after a white employer sent her a racist text. My thing for you guys, like, have you ever noticed or experienced whenever a white person get caught doing something very racist, very shady, and then the first thing they want to do is throw out the, that's not really who I am, I really didn't mean that, all that was taken out of context type of defense. Have you ever noticed that white people will do something racist or something very disrespectfully racist to a person, a black person, and then expect the black person to be understanding and not be offended? Like at my job, you discriminated against me, you were very racist to me, and then you turned around and fired me and said, oh, it was because of this. I wasn't being disrespectful or racist to you. This, get out of here with that. Well, I... It happens all the time, but it doesn't get less annoying no matter how many times it happens or how less it happens. So I'm gonna give you an example. The article that I read was about Lindsley Flasco Flaxman. She's a white mother of two. She's married to the Manhattan financial Joel Flasco. He's a New York Post um, uh, financial. Excuse me, I'm getting tongue-tied. Anyway, the article that I read was that in 2006, the mother set out to hire a new nanny to help her with her children after the last one didn't work out. When her new nanny showed up, Flasco Faxman freaked out, you know, got hysterical because she was black. The new nanny was black. Well, Flasco Faxman was so upset and, and freaked out that she tried to text her husband to let him know that a black had showed up to their home to care for their children. She took out her phone and she fired off a text that said, no, another black person. Glasgow Faxman was so flustered that she sent the text to her husband twice, not once, but twice. Except the text didn't go to her husband. You guessed it. It went to the new name. Herself. Uh, Giselle Marie. <laughs> Oops. My bad. Well, when Plasco Flaxman realized her mistake, she immediately fired Marie saying she felt uncomfortable. Imagine that, right? You're a white woman, white man, who sent an offensive racist text, not once but twice, but was uncomfortable because the subject of the racist myself happened to see it though it was no fault of her own anyway 
Glasgow Flocksman claims that they had a bad experience with the nanny immediately preceding Maurice, and that nannies just so happened to be black, so this time they were hoping not to get another black, but instead to get a Filipino, which would say that you're not racist because a Filipino is not white, which is bullshit. Anyway, for Maurice, the job was supposed to be a six-month living gig for which she would be paid $350 a day. And, you know, they were like, that's a lot of money to lose out on. So Maurice, 44, she told the Post that Plasco Foxman and her husband paid her for the one day she showed up and sent her home in an Uber. Maurice said, if I wanted to show them, look, you don't do stuff like that. I know it's discrimination. The Plascos believe, however, that they were justified in fire Maurice. After all, how could they possibly trust her to take care of their children, Right after Plasco's um, Flossman made such a racist and offensive comment about her, right? Well, Joel Plasco, this is the co-chairman of the Delmore Group Investment Bank, they told the Post that he said, my wife had sent her something that she didn't mean to say. She's not a racist. We're not racist people. But would you put your children in the hands of someone you've made rules to, even if it was by mistake, if you're a newborn baby? Come on. Just in case that is not clear enough statement, let me break it down for you. First of all, Blasco claims his wife, whose first instinct was to make a racist comment about a new nanny that came there that was black, is not at all a racist. Okay. They aren't racist people. Really? Come on. Mine? Stop it. The last nanny was a bad one. And it was totally because she was black and not just because she was, you know, a bad nanny or something like that. You know, we're going to put all y'all in the same same bowl. We'll mix all y'all up together. So if one black nanny is bad, all black nannies are bad. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. That's not stereotyping or being a racist. That's just the damn facts in the black, uh, black girl's mind. Anyway, you know, they don't think like that. Now, next, even though Maurice had given them no indication that she harbored any ill will toward them because they displayed the racism and they the one acted in very disrespectful, poor taste, they immediately deflected and shifted the burden of that bad behavior onto Maurice as if it was her fault that they made that racist comment to her. She was the reason they did it because she's black. Now, how could anyone possibly trust a black person that you have been a racist toward to be nice to you in the aftermath? Is that even logical? What do you think? Maurice told the Post that the racist text would not have made her treat the child any different because it's a child, and I understand how she feels. This is my reputation. Why would I do something to a baby? I was willing to work with her and prove her wrong, but it was her conscience and she couldn't work with me anymore. Exactly. White people cannot ever deal with the consequences of their fucking actions. They're not used to being held accountable because white privilege and white supremacists are the most intoxicating drugs ever. To be caught out there red-handed as if it was probably the worst thing to happen to either of them. Like, come on, dude, seriously? That's the worst you've done in your life? The thing is, if you know you did something offensive, which they clearly, no doubt, admit to in their own defense of why they fired her, 
why would you fight back against setting up with someone to whom you had promised a job and then taking it away because of your own ignorance, your own stupidity? Anyway, Maurice told the Post that she tried to settle the dispute with the Plexico through mediation, and when they refused, she filed for lawsuit. Joe Plasco told the Post that he and his wife don't owe Maurice anything because they didn't have any type of contract. It's called her lawsuit. Her lawsuit extortion. That's what he called. He said she's in, she's doing extortion. I guess. Um, I'm not someone who has millions of dollars lying around to just pay off people that are coming after me for extortion, and now you're playing straight into our hands. Is what he said. My wife was two months off having a baby, suffering from a very difficult situation. You're going to go after someone like that. That's not a very nice thing to do. Oh, my, oh, Mr. Blasco. I don't think you really want to get into a pissy match over what's nice and what's not. Do you? Like. Mm. Look, we all know Filipinas nannies are so much better than black nannies. Plus, being foreigners that take more verbal and physical abuse than a black person. Plus, they wanted their kids to learn um, Filipino, the beautiful language of the Philippine people, I'm assuming. And what she says is true. I once got bad service at McDonald's by a black person. And then I went to um, Mac Anderson and I got bad service from uh, from Mac Anderson from a white person. And literally every time after that, even when I got served by a black person, I Yes, I apologize for the interruption. I'm actually recording on my phone. I get a phone call and it did my segment. So, yeah. But anyway, I got bad service uh, from a white waiter. I got bad service from a black waiter. My point is this. I don't care who a person is, black or white. Bad service is bad service. But to assume that just because you had a one bad black nanny doesn't mean that every black nanny is a bad nanny. And if we're going to be all the way 100 with the whole situation, most black women love children, love babies. Women have spent their whole life raising their children and somebody else's children and so on and so on. I'm guilty of that. I've helped raise other people's children that calls me mama, and they are my children. And I talk about them all the time. Those are my baby. That's my daughter. I always do that. But, uh, Filipinos, they tend to take a lot of abuse, a lot of disrespect than most black women. I'm going to be all the way 100. Um, I've taken a job where someone was clear to me on how they probably was going to treat me, and I wanted to prove them wrong. I've done that before, and they came to me and apologized to me. I didn't have to, but my point was to prove them wrong, and I did that. Um, So I just think that it's unfair that women – Black women are constantly being put in a certain category as all. I'm tired of brown and black skinned people as a whole being judged by the actions of some. Not all of us are bad people, just like not all white people are racist. And not all white people are cold-hearted murderers. Not all people, white people are crazy. Not all white people are sexist, pompous. Not all white people that's in relationships with, that interracial relationships are just out for some type of uh, ploy. I, I don't believe that, and I can't live that way, and I can't think that way. So I just think that 
you know, it, stop judging people on their color. You did a bad thing. You display racism. Own up to it. Take accountability and pay this woman accordingly. Point blank of the period. And hopefully you learn a valid lesson and hopefully that your child would not. Oh, I just heard it in my head after the fact. Well, hopefully your child don't become your actions. Maybe your child will be better than you. Because I think that's possible. Um, Yeah, but that's all I'm going to talk about on that part. I'm not going to talk about anything else. Um, I'm going to do a few questions. Yeah, so don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Yay! All right, you guys, welcome back. I have a few questions that I'm going to do. And um, so bear with me. And I'm going to try to be as honest as I can. Again, these are just my thoughts and my questions on the way I feel to answer it. Um, I'm not playing God. I don't pretend to know everything. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not no type of therapist or doctor or anything like that. So you guys bear with me. Um, my first question is going to come from Joy. It's that I need a love to hate to hate. Girl, this is very embarrassing, but I must seek opinion or shall I say advice. My mother caught me doing the do, if you know what I mean. How do I live this down? Like, it is so embarrassing. Um, oh, girl. It's, look, I, I don't know. You just have to, first of all, you got to, like, I would say talk to her about it. Because I know it's embarrassing. I know it's awkward. And you you seem to relive it over and over and over. Um, but it's a normal thing. Um, I hope your mom is handling it well. Um, own up to it. Take accountability for your action, what you did. I don't know if you were in her home or your home. If it was in your home, you definitely should not be embarrassed because it is your home. If you were in her home, then I'm pretty sure you should be you would be embarrassed. I would be embarrassed. That's something that I've never done. I've never had sex at my mom's home. Never. Um, that's just something that I don't, I, I never felt right doing. I remember when I was in high school and I was going to Zachary High School at the time. And it's a girl that lived in the apartment complex. I was staying with my auntie and she had a boyfriend that came down from Mississippi. I didn't even know the people. I just knew her. And they came over to the apartment because my aunt was working nice at the time. And then she and her friend's boyfriend and somebody else came over. It was like three other people came over and we were sitting there watching TV or whatever, whatever. And next thing I know, um, her daughter's dad came over. And he went back and said he caught, like he saw a dude coming out of her room. And so automatically she said, I was with the dude. Now, mind you, I was in the hallway, and her and the three people were sitting on the sofa in the front, so I didn't know where a fourth dude came from. I didn't know where that came from, but instead of her asking me or asking the girl, the girl is dead now. Her name is Dion. She had sickle cell anemia. She died uh, like 10, 12 years ago, Uh, but instead of asking her what happened, from the beginning, she automatically assumed that what he said was true. 
And to this day, I don't know if he actually told her that because when I talked to him, he didn't. He said that's not what he said to her. But anyway, that's what was what was relayed to me. So it took about what a year and a half later because after that incident, I I left from her house and went back home. He, although she was like, I don't want you for the lead. I left because I felt like you didn't even allow me a chance to even speak for myself. You automatically took something and ran with it. And you accused me of something that wasn't even true. And that hurted me because I was real close to her. And so like a year and a, year and a half, I think later, or maybe it probably wasn't even a whole, whole year and a half. But anyway, way after the fact, we I just happened to come to her house visit. And Dion was there. And we were talking or whatever. And I brought it up. And Dion said, I never understood why you left, though. I said, because I felt like I was wrong. Like she never even gave me a chance to even speak. Or she said, no, it wasn't that. She just, how would you feel if your your um, baby daddy called and say this and that? I said, but he didn't tell you that I was in a room with a boy. And then she's like, oh, he said you was in a room with somebody? I said, yeah, that's what she told my mom. Them. That's what she told people. Then she was like, no, he didn't. He didn't say that because you were standing, leaned up against the wall. Everybody else was sitting in the front room. Like we never even went past, we didn't even go in the kitchen. Um, she said, because I remember Marcus, I think that was the boyfriend name at the time, wanted some water. And she was like, uh-uh, don't move out here. She was like, this girl is like a security guard. And I started laughing because I did act like that. But I still wanted to be able to be have friends and, you know, and people not, not want to come around me because of me being protective of somebody else's house. But I wasn't going to let you through our house or nothing like that. And when they came over there, they weren't trying to go up in her house. And the dude wasn't trying to like me or hit on me or anything like that. They were there for her. Because the boyfriend was with her cousins, you know what I'm saying? And the cousins had girlfriends who we all knew who were at the house. Like, they were still at her mom's apartment eating. So I just thought it was very strange that they took that and ran with it. But I was embarrassed because people believed that that had actually happened until way after the fact. That's when it was like, oh, well, I should have known. And at that point, it was like, I don't care you know, the hell with it. But anyway, I know it's embarrassing. I know it probably hurt that you don't know if she's going to forgive you or if she thinks bad about you or anything like that. But that's your mom. And usually parents, when they love you, they don't judge you constantly by that. And usually they'll overlook it and get past it. But just own it and have a conversation with it. If you feel uncomfortable and you feel like it's left your mother and you with uh, a weird relationship, then I say uh, talk to her and air everything out and put it out there on the table because I think it would I think it would help you more than her because I don't think that parents usually hold on to it that way because just like we don't want to see our parents like that I don't think our parents want to see us like that either because it's embarrassing for both um but I hope it helps um I would say just talk to her and clear the air uh, okay next question hypothetically speaking love to hate to hate this is The next question is, love to hate to hate Simone here. Just your honest opinion of what you think. I know that you always say that you're not a therapist. However, I am seeing a therapist. And my therapist has mentioned on several occasions that I disassociate very well and so quickly. What does she mean when she say that? I am so confused. Um, You have to ask her to explain it to you because... 
it's really important that she stops you as it will save your money. When we, we're scared and it activates the sympathetic nervous system or the fight or flight type of mechanism in our brain, and this re- releases hormones that give us this um, a surge of energy and the strength to respond either by running like hell or like fighting back like hell. Meanwhile, the parasympathetic system, which keeps our body in a constant balance or homeostasis to rest and digest bites, or as some would say, sex, snooze, and sandwiches, is trying to balance everything out. So not to stop the fight-flight process because that is essentially to save your life, but to just to keep everything flowing so your body doesn't blow a metaphorical gasket is basically... It's like when things get too much, both the sympathetic and the parasympathetic parts of the nervous system will be so activated that you go into two states. You either freeze and you disassociation. Both are essential for a last ditch attempt to keep you alive. If you dangle something in front of a cat and jiggle it about, it will go crazy trying to catch it, right? So if you stop jiggling, it'll get bored and it'll walk away. This is like the freeze state. So when we are animals, after all, and our bodies are more or less the same but less furry, usually it's our brains that are different. So the disassociation is when your brain sort of goes out to lunch. It's like when when people have something horrible happen and they talk about it like they weren't affected or when you get a fright and feel your body jumping out of you or when somebody hurts you emotionally and you don't feel it till later, if you feel it at all. It's an inappropriate response, and it's why people who have been abused often find themselves responding calmly to things others would just get very upset or angry or mad about. It's a it's a pretty complicated state, but it's important doing therapy that is noted and that the therapy knows how to stop it. It might feel like inattention or like your body feels floatery-like. That's a word that my therapist used that she said one of her clients used to use but for instance my therapist would ask me a question and I suddenly point out something on the bookcase or I probably wouldn't even hear her or her feel spaced out at times when I brought my attention back to the question I would start to feel emotionally or I would be sad or I'd be angry or I'd feel ashamed different you know whatever the situation is but that's just trying to paint a clear picture of what it is that I'm talking about it's not unpleasant and it's often what is going on when children are in class or quiet and seemingly absent. What I do is I try to be aware of when I am doing it. When I notice I'm doing it, my words slow or slowing my attention drift, that sort of thing. I'll get to count something like like a picture on the wall or like blocks on the floor or books on a shelf or something like that, depending on how much I've disassociated, I'll keep it simple or sometimes more complex. I might turn into a conversation um, and come back into the, you know, myself. It usually only takes like a minute or two, to be honest. The point that is important is that disassociation is a defense against feeling. That's basically what it is. Um, you know, like the the gazelles and the lions, moth freezes it plays dead so the lion loses interest and hopefully drops it and the dreamlike state of disassociation stops its feeling 
But when you think of it, it's an incredible, clever thing that can get the wee gazella out of a horrific situation. But if you disassociate yourself doing that therapy process, then your nervous system isn't learning that it's okay to be here to relax or to feel what you're feeling. So it'll probably take you longer and it'll cost you more money by you constantly having to come to your therapist. So once you have realized that when you're disassociating, that you're feeling the way you're feeling, that you're facing yourself out, that you're just not there, you're just not present in that moment, try to pay real attention to your body do a counting thing like slow counting thing or if you you can count from 10 to 1 backwards slowly it'll help you just name things in the room and you'll find things start to start to change for you um so i hope it helps um like i said i'm not a therapist i don't understand but i have seen a therapist and i understand what you're saying and i've done that i've been guilty of disassociating myself um so there you go. I need a love to hate to hate. Anonymous. What would you say is too old to start having children? Or what is too old for you if you wanted to have children? Mm. I think at 30, both the body and the mind are, if they are in sync and it was like a person's easiest pregnancy and delivery I think that's good for them the age gap between 30 and 40 I don't know it's kind of weird for me I'm babbling I say if you sh- you should at least have one child at between 30 and 42 that's just my opinion I think having children later in life I think that is a blessing. I think if if it happens and the baby is healthy and everything goes good, I think that's what God has planned for you. And who am I? Um, So I... I can't tell anybody. Because, you know, you have to give that to God. You know? So... I think 42 is my limit for me. If I was having a child, I think 42 would be the end for me. So I would say between 30 and 42. That's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. But again, I'm not God. So whatever God has planned for you, that's what it's going to be. Because he has the final say. Final question. This is from Simone. I love to hate to hate. He said, she said, a guy called me beautiful and told me I had a great personality and that he was really feeling me. Does that mean he liked me or is he just messing with my head? Um, I think it's impossible to know just based on that. One thing to keep in mind, I think, is that guys can be talking to a woman and generally feel that she's the most beautiful woman on the planet and no other woman can compare and then feel the exact same way about a woman that he met the next day. It isn't necessarily dishonest, but it takes time before you really know whether it's more than just a momentary infatuation or a flirtation type of situation. Um, but for me, I think it's hard to say without knowing more details, such as, is he a current friend? Like, do he work with you? Is he a colleague, co-worker? Is he a stranger that you just happened to meet somewhere? Um, if he was a stranger, then forget it. He was probably just flirting, and he probably forgotten you by the time he walked past. 
if he was a friend or a colleague, unless they are known to be a bad person, they probably weren't messing with you. They could have just been flirting or maybe if they thought you were feeling down, maybe they were just trying to boost your confidence or something. I would say you try striking up a conversation and just see what happens, where the conversation goes. Because 70% 70 of people don't mess with people's heads. Or shall I say, 70% of people mess with people's heads also. So that's why I'm saying like, it's not enough information to really answer that question. So you may want to start out just not thinking that way, just thinking that way can really mess with your head. But right now, he honestly might just think you're beautiful and that you have a great personality. It's, it's not a commitment to anything more is what I'm saying. I just don't understand, like, why would you automatically think that he's messing with your head? People don't go around messing each other's head unless they are sociopaths or narcissistic or they have some kind of ulterior motive. But again, I don't know everything, what's going on or whatever. I don't know. I think for me to just completely answer it in a different way, I would have you would have to explain why you would doubt anything that he say. Um, I don't know. I, I That's all I can tell you. So I just think he just probably did find you attractive. He probably did feel in that moment that you're probably the most beautiful person that he's met. So I don't know. I hope it helped. And thank you for sharing your questions. Thank you for strolling over to Talk to Talk with your girl Anita Love to Hate. I appreciate it. And until next time, you guys, stay true to yourself. Do not allow someone else's thoughts and opinions to dictate who and what you think of yourself. They go low like the former president, first lady, Michelle Obama. They go low, we go high. Always be encouraged to be better every day than what you were the day before. Let your family and friends know that you love them today because we know tomorrow is not promised to anyone. My my continued prayers and condolences goes out to the Sims family. I continue actual prayers for the three accusers. For all victims, for the people that have been wrongly accused of sexual assaults that are innocent, for the victims of sexual assaults that haven't spoke up, scared to speak up, for better in this country, my prayer, for racism, police brutality, inequality, my prayers, for this country as a whole, for who we have serving as the president, my prayers. For domestic violence, mental issues, cancer, all these health diseases that are destroying our people, prayers. Black-on-black violence, senseless crimes, my prayers. And to my supporters, I thank you and I appreciate you and I ask that you continue to support and share my podcast. I want to give a shout-out to Miss Jamie, Miss McDonald Lover. Miss Marguerite Williams, shout out to you, moms. God bless you, and I ask that you continue to support Team Real. I believe in realness. I hate being fake. I don't know how to do it. I don't. I don't even want to practice it. Black love. Yeah, Tony, that's a beautiful thing. I think all love is a beautiful thing. Miss Auntie Ann, we will do the life after 50. We will do that. Miss Ferguson, thank you. And whenever you want to do a co-host, let me know. Let me know the topic that you want to talk about, and we will prepare it. 
Mr. Nikwa, I know you don't want to do any co-hosts. There's not a particular topic that you would like to talk about. But think about it and let me know uh, what would you want to talk about, and we can go from there. To E-Turk, Miss Carly Cow, Party City in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, for your party selection needs. Thank you. Uh, Gucci Mane, real family. Anonymous one, anonymous one on one. Let me know. Um, Tommy with Golf Coast Security LLC. Anyone that needs their company security protection, those are the way to go. They have some very quality securities. I'm thinking about getting into security. How you doing? Thinking about doing that part time. So we will see. Um, Miss Carly Cal, thank you, honey. Appreciate you. Love you. Keep supporting. Keep sharing. Keep giving me all that support. I need it. I love it. Um, Mr. E, thank you. I appreciate you. And I want to apologize again for the language that I used on the She Said He Said podcast when I talked about Mr. Kavanaugh and men with little sticks and how men with little sticks sucks on other men because of the support that they give men and the lack of support they were giving women. I was frustrated, which doesn't make it okay, but I was very frustrated with the way men in these Senate seats have pretty much told women, the hell with y'all. And it did something to my spirit, it did something to my soul, and I went to losing it and saying the things that I said. I do stand by how I feel. I feel that there's something that they're not being honest about. I feel that something happened. I believe these accusers. You can paint whatever picture that you want to. I just feel that men that are that adamant to show disgust and dismissiveness and just so angry with women, it just makes me question. And when you have someone that has someone like Trump, supporting them puts a lot of things into questioning there are so many women that are victims and that are speaking out and there are some that are still scared to speak out because of the replication of what could happen and how they'd be talked about and tarnished and all that stuff and my heart goes out to you I I said something about me not believing Miss Jenny I don't believe her that's not to say it didn't happen. That's not to say it did happen. It's just, I don't believe you. I I take you as a dishonest person. I take you as a racist. Um, I take you as one of those people that falls in line to do whatever men say do because you want to keep your position and you want to you wanna be in control of certain things. I'm not knocking you if that's your stance on it. I'm just saying I don't believe you. I just don't believe the convenience of what's all going on that you are raped. Could it be true? Very well. Was I there? No, I wasn't. I just don't buy it. That's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. Someone sent in a comment about me justifying Bill Cosby's um, raping someone. I never excuse Bill Cosby's actions. I think if he did what he did, although he was found guilty of it, I think that he deserved everything that he has coming to him. But I, again, I wasn't there. So I don't know if he did it or not. Regardless to 
them finding him guilty. Do you know how many people are behind bars for crimes that they actually didn't commit? Do you realize how many men have been released from prison for crimes that they didn't commit? So that's my stance on this. Everybody has an opinion. You believe he did it, you have a right to whatever you feel. If you think that he's guilty and he should be dead for it, that's your opinion. But to wish death on anyone, I can't, I don't agree with that. That's just me. Or there are things that comes up to me and I am so disgusted by it and I feel like maybe somebody here should be chopped off by Yeah, I have, but guess what? Those are my comments that I have to live with and I have to take to God. I have to keep praying that I'm not wishing hate, hateful things and murder and death on people because that's not what God has for us to do. That's not what God wants for us to wish because we're not God. And when it comes to Judgment Day, we're not the ones that's going to be standing before him in regards to their wrongdoing. We got to stay accountable for our own actions. So it's not rather not I believe Bill Cosby didn't do it. I think there was something there. I think something happened. But I don't think this is just something that randomly just popped up and that he did years of this and his wife wasn't aware of that. That's the issue that I have with it. The problem I have with something that happened 30-something years old, he finally was found convicted of it. But there are people that have blatant evidence to prove that someone didn't do anything and y'all found them guilty for something that they didn't do. So those were my feelings regarding that. Um, yes, I feel like Kavanaugh is not the person to be put in this position. Yes, I feel like you putting this man in this position is going to come with a whole lot of backlash and a whole lot of issues to come. That's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. Um, but that is my time, you guys. I thank you. I ask that you continue to support. I ask that you continue to share my podcast. And you guys have a blessful, amazing, fabulous Sunday. And until next time on Talk to Talk. Peace, you guys.